Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. I have been silent far too long. There is an issue facing our community that I feel called to address. I fear that my speaking out is not very timely and the time is long gone to do anything about it this year, but perhaps, perhaps, if we start now, we will make a difference in the future. I, of course, am talking about crepe murder. Yes, crepe murder, the annual pruning of crepe myrtle trees within an inch of their lives in the name of an unnatural standard of beauty. Steve Bender, the prophetic grumpy gardener in Southern Living Magazine, wrote last February, what's the first thing many do to celebrate spring? You guessed it, cut down their crepe myrtles into big, thick stumps, leaving piles of amputated limbs looking like carcasses of wildebeests after a lion kill. Serious words for a serious problem. Obviously, I jest. But in light of today's scripture, and as I prepared this week for yesterday's vestry retreat, and as we live into this new worship schedule, I have been pondering growth and change. When a gardener trims a tree or prunes a bush, they are often trying to inspire or encourage growth or change. And sometimes the gardener might be attempting to deter or redirect growth or change. And in all seriousness, far be it for me to criticize how anyone uh, cares for a crepe myrtle or any other thing growing in their yard. The only thing I can grow is the mold in my refrigerator. <laughs> but I do think about growth and change and what the scripture might be saying to us this day. A little historical context for our gospel. The Gospel of Mark was composed in the first century after Christ's death and resurrection, probably around the time of the first Jewish-Roman War from 66 to 74. One of the great casualties of that war was the temple in Jerusalem in year 70, an atrocity that, that aggrieved Jew and Christian alike. So the people who first heard Mark's gospel were probably suffering from a lot of anxiety and hand-wringing about how to be followers of Jesus in a violent and confusing world. But in the text of Mark and the Jesus that we encounter there, that seems to offer a solution to their anxiety, a way of being in a frightening time. For one, if you read the entirety of Mark's gospel, a theme throughout is Jesus' call to us to be extremely, if not sacrificially, giving of oneself to the work of God. And coupled with that giving of oneself and to support that sacrificial level of giving, Jesus in Mark asked us to have faith in the faithfulness of God, to trust that God will give rise to peace and justice in God's time. And we have a 
prime example of that in today's gospel reading. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. This is not the parable of the sower, that better-known parable about the sower who, see, who sows seed on different types of ground, both good and bad soil. That's a good parable, but that's not our parable for today. This is the parable of the seed. And that seed sprouts and grows, and we don't know how. The seed sprouts and grows, and we don't know how. When I meet someone, I get nervous when they seem to have all the answers. Some of us are wise in some things, and some of us are wise in other things. But I think the healthiest people possess the confidence and good humor and self-awareness to know and to admit that sometimes they just don't know. And I think a healthy Christian is able to live in a space where we don't know or understand everything that God is doing, but we have faith that God is working. When we witness God at work, when we see the fruit of God's blessing, when we realize that God is part of something, then a faithful response is knowing that we don't know how God did it. Good things are happening, and we can witness it and give thanks for it, but sometimes we don't know how God is doing or what God is doing. And so we are called to live in faith, faith in a faithful God. And if we have faith that God is at work, we also know that God's work often involves growth and change. Octavia Butler wrote in her novel, The Parable of the Sower, all that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. And growth and change can make us uncomfortable. We are Episcopalians. We hate change. I'm reminded of my children. They're off at camp, and so I can preach about them without embarrassing them. But both Anna and Henry celebrated milestone birthdays this year. Henry turned 10, double digits, and Anna turned 13, a teenager. Please pray for me. And often I jokingly berate them, stop growing, I would say. And they roll their eyes and say, Dad, we can't stop growing. We're supposed to grow. Wise words they take after their mother. But we at the chapel are in the midst of growth and change. New people continue to visit every week, and you do a wonderful job welcoming them to this holy ground. We are growing into a new building, and we're growing into a new worship schedule. Long gone is the era when we were that little parish out in the middle of nowhere. And that's hard. And it's okay to think that, and to say that, and to be in that difficulty. 
but God is at work. From today's Old Testament, thus says the Lord God, I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel I will plant it in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it every kind of bird will live, in the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. Our God is at work. Thanks be to God. Amen.